welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and I just want to start off by saying that I built myself a new computer in the last, I guess, week or two, and I'm still trying to uh, sort out the audio stuff, make sure everything sounds good at the right levels, and all that, so... When you do listen to this, let me know what you think, if there's any, if you noticed any difference at all. Hopefully, there really shouldn't be. It's the same microphone, and I'm using the same post-processing, but you never know. There could be some small differences, and audio isn't really my area of expertise, necessarily. So, hopefully everything sounds good still, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> anyway, this episode, I want to talk about a really fun, great manga series. I was actually kind of inspired to talk about it, specifically because of that big Netflix presentation announcement where they dropped the bomb on us that we're getting a new adaptation for this series, and I'm very excited. So this felt like the absolute perfect time to talk about the manga. That manga, of course, being Teramai Romai, which is written by Mari Yamazaki, published in English by Yen Press. There are a total of three hardcover volumes. Uh, each one technically contains two of the original Japanese volumes, but this series is complete at the three volumes. And before I kind of jump into the actual story, let me just say that these hardcover releases from Yen Press are wonderful. I've had them for years now. I mean, let me rephrase that. I had them on pre-order way back in the day, and so I, I got them on release. Um, and I absolutely love them. They're They're oversized hardcover. Uh, they, they also have slipcovers um, with like additional information uh, in the front and back. The volumes themselves are, are oversized. The art looks fantastic in them. And between each chapter, they include uh, like short essays from Mari Yamazaki, the author, that discusses her like research into all the things we're going to get into. So really, these big hardcovers are some of the best books in my collection. I mean, I have a lot of really great, nice hardcover releases, and these ones are definitely up there. So to kind of jump back into why I want to talk about this series, but the Netflix announcement of the new anime adaptation for this uh, Termai Roma Nouveau, I think that was the, the title, and this is something I'm, I'm very excited for. I was a big fan of the original uh, Flash short anime series that was from 2012, I think. Jeez, it's been a while. And as much as I love that series, it was a short anime series, and it was a Flash series. So I think they put a lot of work in and, and did a really great job making a funny short form anime out of it. And let me just say, the uh, ending song to this day remains one of my absolute favorites uh, by Chapmanchi. It, I think the title is just Termai so if you have not heard that song, go look it up. It's wonderful, it's fantastic. The song kicks off with the, the sound of a shower turning on, and I absolutely love it. It's a great song. <laughs> anyway, a little tangent aside. Um, so I, I liked the original uh, anime series, even if it was you know a Flash series, even if it was a short series, and so... I'm very excited for Netflix to be doing a new full adaptation, like an actual serious non-flash, non-short one. I do still think that 
the series lended itself very well to the you know flash series and i think it's fantastic if you haven't seen it you should definitely go back and watch it it's it's still well worth it very funny and again even for just kind of the amazing ending song and animation definitely still worth it but anyway that that's why i wanted to talk about this manga series because hey we're getting a new anime so i might as well cover the original i'd also be remiss if i didn't mention the really popular uh, film series that was also uh, made or adapted from this manga this might not be the case for you you know american or otherwise listeners but in japan at least the the original film and then i think the the sequel film were incredibly popular when they came out and i watched them and i think they're actually pretty funny uh, pretty good live action adaptations i don't normally have very much good to say about live action stuff but this is a series that i think lended itself particularly well to live action simply because of the type of story that it is and so if you're into live action manga adaptations the films are good worth checking out so stepping back again this series is six volumes in total or three hardcover in english and it is complete the story's finished so this is a nice short and sweet one that you can really dig into and then still wrap up and finish in a pretty nice timely manner and if there's one thing i've learned about uh describing a series i think i'll just let the uh, front insert cover do the job for me people were paid to write this and I think it does the best job of kind of explaining the series, and then I'll get into my thoughts on it. But quoting the, the volume I'm holding in my hand, Temai Romai is a historical comedy highlighting history's most passionate bath lovers, the ancient Romans and the modern Japanese. When Roman architect Lucius is criticized for his outdated Thermai designs, he retreats to the local bath to collect his thoughts. All Lucius wants is to recapture the Rome of earlier days when one could enjoy a relaxing bath without the pressure of merchants and roughhousing patrons. Slipping deeper into the warm water, Lucius is suddenly caught in the suction and dragged through the drainage at the bottom of the bath. He emerges coughing and sputtering amid a group of strange-looking foreigners with the most peculiar bathhouse customs over 1,500 years in the future in modern-day Japan. His contemporaries wanted him to modernize, and so, borrowing the customs, of these mysterious bath-loving people, Lucius opens what quickly becomes the most popular new bathhouse in Rome, Termae Romae. So that is the, the insert for the first volume, and I think it more or less sums up what the series is about. <laughs> um, our main character is Lucius. Uh, he has a full name, which I kind of forget what the middle name is. What's his middle name? Uh, I know his last name is Modestus. Um, well, anyway, doesn't really matter. You can hear me flipping through the book, but it, it's a sizable book with many pages. So, um, yeah, our main character, Lucius, is a Roman uh, bath engineer. And the main kind of gimmick premise of the story is that through his bath or through a bathhouse, he is able to time travel to modern day Japan. Initially, he thinks of this as like a, he dreamed it. Or it came to him in a dream kind of thing but eventually he learns that it is indeed like a real place and these were real experiences he has and he is like truly traveling to another world in his mind the first volume and 
kind of the first half of the second volume, which is essentially the first three volumes of the original Japanese. That sounds way more confusing than it is, but essentially the first half of the story follows that same general formula. Lucius has some uh, problem or something he wants to solve in his like current Roman life uh, as a bath engineer, and as fate would have it, he then travels to modern-day Japan, experiences something that solves this problem for him. Solves the problem may not be the right word, but like is a solution to the problem he was having. And so that's the kind of repeatable formula that the first half of the story follows. Lucius travels to modern-day Japan, learns of some new custom or tool that is used uh, in Japanese bathing culture, and brings it back to Rome with him and tries to reinvent it. There is some kind of background story going on with Lucius and his uh, wife and his friend Marcus, the, the sculptor. There's also a background story regarding uh, Emperor Hadrian and his successor. So th there's some stuff going on in Lucius's life in Rome, and kind of historically speaking as well, that is going on there. But the main focus of the first half is very much kind of Lucius and bathing culture. Now, this might not sound like the most interesting thing in the world to you if you're not really into baths. Uh, I myself love baths, and it's kind of a weird thing to say, but especially having lived in Japan, I love hot springs. I love nice warm baths. Just the whole experience is fantastic. I sincerely wish America had a more robust bathing culture. And that is one distinct thing I, I definitely miss about life over there, um, is just the ability to, to take a trip to a hot springs for a weekend, or even just an overnight, and really soak and relax. Or even just the artificial, you know, non-hot spring drawn, um, like, sento that you can find around Tokyo and, well, other places. But even those are incredibly relaxing and just feel really refreshing. In my last trip back, I made sure to stay at a place that had uh, a sento in the basement that I could, you know, at the end of the day, just get down there and soak and relax. And I didn't even have to run into very many people, depending on the hour I went. Anyway, I'm <laughs> putting that aside. Uh, so I, I personally do have an affinity for, for baths and, and Japanese bathing culture. And so this series stuck out to me from the onset. But even if you don't, even if you aren't really into the whole hot springs or sento or, or just bathing thing, there's still a lot to really love about this book and about this series. It's this, you know, I hate to, to call it this, but like a reverse isekai almost, but it's more like a time travel series. Isekai means like another world, and this isn't that. So it's, it's more along the lines of a time travel, where, like I said, our main character is an ancient Roman who threw... A bath is able to travel to modern day Japan. And I will say throughout the story, he isn't the only one that's able to travel back and forth. And, and that does become kind of a plot point later on. Um, and I, like I said, we're not here for spoilers. Oh, I didn't actually say spoiler warning this time. Huh. Wow, it's been a while since I've recorded one of these, I guess. Well, if you're new to listening to me, you know, you might not know this, but I, when I do these discussions recommendations i only talk kind of generally about the plot and characters so do not fear spoilers 
One day I will do a more spoilery talk, but it will be clear and you will know that. Back to the point here, but I think there's just a lot to like here. It, it's a very funny series. Um, overall, it is a comedy. I guess you might call this more of like a historical comedy with some slice-of-life-ish elements, but this falls firmly in the like historical category as well. And if you're like me and you have any interest in historical set works, like realist, like realistically historical works, this one is a very good example of that. Man, I only just realized kind of how squarely this hit me in my interests <laughs> now that I'm laying it all out. But, you know, like I said, I love Japanese bathing culture and I'm also a giant fan of historical series in general. I absolutely love anything like realistically set in interesting historical settings. Most of my, well, I won't say most, a, a lot of my favorite works or things that I've really enjoyed in the past were just historical set stories. Hell, I'm staring at a copy of A Bride Story, and that is an absolutely wonderful manga, which actually I should talk about at some point on this podcast, because that also has uh, a couple volumes about uh, bathing culture, but neither Japanese nor Roman, in fact. Anyway, back to the point. There's just a lot to like here. It's a great comedy series, first and foremost, and the historical aspect is incredibly well researched, which is abund abundantly clear, which is made abundantly clear during you know each of the between chapter essays from the author. So not only is this a, in my opinion, very funny series, it has a well researched and historically accurate setting, at least for like the Roman parts, and then you contrast that with the modern day Japan parts. It's a very unique. Uh, connection and setting or like thread to hold the story together you know through bathing or bath culture and it works wonderfully the first like i said half of this story the first three volumes sorry maybe i'll stick to the english volume numbering the first volume and a half uh, of the hardcovers follow that kind of formulaic slice of life ish e story where Lucius is taken to modern day Japan, you know, is dealing with an issue in Rome, taken to modern day Japan, finds a solution that works for him, brings it back to Rome, implements it there, and that's kind of the, the flow. The latter half, the final volume and a half, take on a more ongoing story. Lucius eventually is stuck in modern day Japan for a period of time, and that really kind of moves forward uh, with like a plot line. Mari Yamazaki starts to write in other characters and weave in a story that connects or is like running in parallel from Rome to where he's stuck in modern day Japan. And I think the story really picks up there. I, I absolutely love the like one-off chapters in the, in the first half of the story where he's like back and forth between Rome and modern day Japan. But obviously there was only so much mileage you could get out of that. And so Mari Yamazaki then introduces more plot-heavy story. It introduces stakes for Lucius to deal with. Even throws in a nice romantic subplot for him. And so the story grows from a historical comedy that works really well and I think throughout the whole time carries itself well. And then it evolves and, and gives us m like more new stuff that gives us a an overarching story 
It gives us growth for Lucius as a character. It loses kind of that slice of life, nothing changes type of vibe. Uh, Maybe not loses isn't the right word, but it morphs into something with the story. And I think that transition is done really well. Mario Yamazaki was clearly kind of leading into it with all of the background story uh, from the, the Roman half. And it all built up to then, like I said, Lucius getting stuck in Japan. The only, uh, I guess, it's not really a criticism so much as an observation, but the only caveat I'd have to this entire thing is that the Japanese or modern day Japan bits of the story are very, I don't, I don't want to call them patriotic. It's not the right word, but they definitely portray Japan in like the ultimate best light in the like very Japan is the motherfucking best at bathing and and like look at all this awesome shit we've invented for our bath culture and so there is an aspect of that where like it's not quite as pronounced necessarily as I'm making it out to be of course but it does kind of come off as like slightly patronizing a little bit when you bring in this like Roman who you know Romans are known for their bath culture historically who comes in is like uber shocked at all the crazy Japanese like inventions and bath culture stuff and so it definitely has that like shocked foreigner vibe to it at times in this case it makes sense because because he is an ancient Roman and not like a modern day person who's like yeah yeah I've, I've seen a bath <laughs> like I know what running water is that kind of thing so it, it's a little less on the nose that you might think of like shocked foreigner that you see in so many other kind of Japanese programs so it is justified in the story that Lucius is like constantly getting his mind blown about things but it does have that bend to it we'll say so again it's not necessarily a criticism it's just an observation that like that's just kind of how it is and speaking from experience not that the story at all discusses like America or anything related to it but like America doesn't have a bath culture at least not one that I've experienced in my own lifetime here um so having lived in Japan and experienced kind of hot springs sento bath culture there is something to be said for the fact that add some nice shit it, I really enjoyed it over there and I enjoyed their bathing culture so you could make the point that maybe they deserve to be a little haughty about how great their bath stuff is. But hey, maybe I'm just like pretty ignorant of American bath culture. Anyway, not to get too hung up on that uh, particular point or aspect. Let's talk about the art because this is a manga, obviously. And so, you know, half of the entire experience is the actual artwork. And let me just say that on the outset, you will not be disappointed. The artwork is great. You know, maybe I could wrap it up there, but I'll get into kind of why I think that and more about the actual specifics of the art itself. Um, for one, I mean, in these beautiful big hardcover volumes from Young Press, they're very detailed, oversized, kind of like American graphic novel-sized pages, and so they look wonderful like the art looks even better on there than it would in like a normal trim size but the artwork has generally kind of a realistic spin to it 
especially the Roman half, the actual like Roman architecture, the the background art, the clothing, the hairstyles, even their kind of like body types, um, all of it is both incredibly well researched and incredibly detailed in its actual portrayal and artwork in the story. You really do get that sense that like, damn, this is Rome. Like it has a real, I mean, again, not that I would know what fucking real life Rome looks like, uh, but, or real life ancient Rome, let me rephrase that. But the artwork feels like it is. The people have this like distinctly Roman statuesque quality to them, you know, especially to their like faces or their facial features. And at times that is actually played up to like distinct effect in the story where like Lucius makes kind of a reaction face and it, it looks like he's a statue, that kind of thing. Or, you know, when he's back in Rome and he meets with like Emperor Hadrian or Centurions, all of them look exactly like you might picture if this were like a historical reenactment or, or like their armor in a museum. And the artwork clearly evolves over the course of the, the three volumes. The detail throughout is incredibly well done. And if you just look at the Roman sections of it, it really does have the level of detail and accuracy that you might think that this is seriously just a historical manga series. Similar to something like A Bride Story, which has fantastic artwork, incredibly detailed, one of the best historical manga series I've ever read. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I should talk about that series at some point. Or rather, I will talk about that series at some point, but anyway, getting back to Temai Romai, the Roman section is so well done for a series that is kind of a half-and-half half time travel story. And so speaking of the other half, the, the Japanese side, whereas the Roman characters are all kind of illustrated like statues almost, the Japanese half has kind of a, a very Japanese cartoony to it. Many of the characters he meets... Uh, throughout the first half of the story are kind of old people because, you know, jokingly, who else spends a lot of time in a sento or in a hot spring? And they have like a very Japanese manga old person feel and look to them frequently. But what that means is that, you know, they, they look truly old. <laughs> um, and that that's saying something that all the kind of body types Mariyamazaki draws in the story are... Well, they're also, they're very diverse in terms of like all the dudes and the women. And, and I will say that there is a fair bit of kind of unremarkable nudity in this story because it is a story about bathing. There's people naked all the time. So I want to say, let me just get that comment out of the way, but I've, I've only mentioned it this far into the recording. Uh, hey, a story about bath culture has, uh, you know, nudity, but it's not, it's not a hentai. Nothing like that. It's it's very like Roman statue nudity, or like yeah, you know, you got the dangly bits or from from either gender of people or or whatever, and you've got you know bare chests and and butts and stuff all over. But that that's kind of it. The nudity you do see all does very much feel like Roman statue or like artwork. Okay, it is artwork, but like classic art in that feel. It's not there to arouse you. It's there because it serves the purpose of the story. 
Anyway, I, I really do enjoy the contrast that Mario Yamazaki makes between the kind of statuesque romance and the more stereotypically like manga-esque Japanese characters. It makes for an interesting dynamic between the two, where you've got this like very realistic scenery and background in all these cases. So Rome and Japan look very well placed, very realistic, accurate, and so all the, the background work is incredibly detailed and accurate. And then the characters take on these like more unrealistic looks. You know, the Romans, like I said, look like they're carved out of stone, whereas the Japanese characters are very kind of classic manga-like designs. Well, there you go. I, I think that's about everything I wanted to cover for this manga series. Temairomai is an absolutely hilarious, wonderfully detailed, creative historical comedy series, and I really can't recommend this enough. It's fantastic. And especially now with the new Netflix adaptation on the horizon, now's a wonderful time to get into it, read the manga, go watch the original short flash animated series, absolutely go listen to that Chapmanchi song, highly recommend it. And if you do like this series enough, don't sleep on those beautiful Yen Press hardcovers. They may be out of print because, you know, they're several years old now, and that would be a shame if they are, but at least to me, they were, they were worth every penny at the time that I bought them for, because, well, they are worth a pretty penny, I think, per volume. The, the actual book price that I'm looking at for volume one was $35, so that may be a bit steep for some manga fans, but... Not for me. This is a wonderful addition to my collection. It's a beautiful hardcover release for a really great manga series. This is just such a unique series. A time-traveling Roman focused on, you know, bath engineering, cross-cultural exchange. Well, cross-cultural and cross-time bath culture exchange. And somehow all these kind of weird disparate factors all really tie into a nice cohesive whole that come together to make the absolutely wonderfully fascinating manga series that is Termairomai, written by Mari Yamazaki, published in English by Yen Press. Like I said, three volumes in English in total. Don't sleep on this. Go check it out and be like me. Await the new Netflix adaptation with bated breath and then go enjoy yourself a nice hot bath. Because really, what better way to either wrap up a nice read session or just relax, but a nice hot bath. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And please, if you like Docupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every review helps, and it helps other people find the show. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>